gospel as we begin this uh, series on the soul and take a little look at uh, uh, what uh, that means for us, how to keep our souls. Uh, we, uh, we begin with that uh, text of scripture from Genesis 2. Uh, and back in my seminary days, I actually had a professor that asked the class this question, how is your soul? Now, initially, it struck me kind of as an odd question, not really a question I maybe had really thought much about, even as a, 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 a student to preparing to become a pastor. And in fact, as I talked to some of my classmates after the, the class, no one in my class really had a great answer to that question. Because first of all, you have to maybe know a little bit about your soul and figure out, well, what exactly am I talking about? Are we talking about when we ask, well, how is your soul? That really was the professor's point, that we, even as seminary students, weren't the only ones that struggled with that question. In fact, many of us probably don't know exactly what the soul is, and especially how to tend to our souls, how to care for them, how to keep our souls. And yet it's kind of funny when you think about it. Many of us, probably without even fully realizing it, talk about our souls all the time. Maybe you've had a, a big decision coming up and you've been facing a, maybe a question like, man, I got this great new job opportunity. Should I take it and leave that job that I have now that's, that's really stable and is serving me well? Or maybe you're considering moving to a new place or, or just to a new home and selling your old one and, and you've considered, man, is, is this the right time? Is this the right decision? In those types of situations, we would say that we're doing some soul searching, right? Yeah, you're tracking with me. And what does that even mean? What does it mean to search your soul, right? I mean, what are we actually searching when we say that? Or think of this one. Maybe... Uh, you've, you are single now or you've been single in the past and you uh, were just kind of done with the dating scene. You want to find somebody who is compatible, somebody you can settle down with, de be devoted to, and they're devoted to you, somebody you can live with for the rest of your life. And in that situation, you are looking for your soul mate. Exactly. Maybe you're craving a certain food and then you'd say, you're talking about some soul food. Maybe you like soul music. It's another one. Even in pop culture, we, we get references to the soul. Even on a show like The Simpsons, okay? Not a show I watch, but a show on, that talks a bit about the soul. Take a look. <laughs> I sell my, my soul for a for donut. donut. <laughs> that can, that be, can arranged. be arranged. What's standard? You're the You're devil? The devil? <laughs> it's always it's the always one, the you, one least you least suspect. suspect. Now, now, many people, many people offer to sell their souls, souls without reflecting upon the grave ramifications. Do you have a donut, donut or not? not? Coming up, just sign here. here. Careful, Careful, hot pen. Hmm, who's that goat-legged fellow? I like the cut of his jib. Prince of Darkness, sir. He's your 11 o'clock. Remember, the, the instant, the instant you, finish you finish it, it I, own I own your soul. Your soul for... Hey, wait. wait. If I don't, if I don't finish, finish this last bite, you don't get, you don't my, get my soul, soul do, you? do you? Uh, uh technically, technically no, but... No, but... I'm, I'm smarter, smarter than, than the devil! devil. So, 
So even Homer Simpson, not the most theological or maybe righteous person in, the his, in history, even he seems to have a sense of knowing that he probably shouldn't sell his soul for a donut, and he finds the loophole. So even our culture has at least a bit of an understanding of Jesus' words, as we heard them in, even in Mark 8, 36. What good is it for someone to gain the whole world yet forfeit their soul. All the stuff in the world doesn't matter if it's your soul that you give up. So that's exactly why we're doing this series, to answer that very question, how is your soul? How are you keeping your soul? Because our soul is a key to our relationship with God. In fact, you could say that as you have a healthy soul, you are a healthy person as a whole. So we have to start then with that basic question we're considering today, before we get to this one, of, well, what is the soul? So let's talk about it. Go to right, Genesis, right to Genesis chapter 2. The first reference to this in, this in Scripture, I'll set it up a bit in the first few verses, this is the account of the heavens and the earth when they were created, when the Lord God made the earth and the heavens. Now, no shrub had yet appeared on the earth, and no plant had yet sprung up, for the Lord God had not sent rain on the earth, and there was no one to work the ground. But streams came up from the earth and watered the whole surface of the ground. So, we can think about the first couple chapters in the Bible in this way. We get Genesis chapter 1, and that's kind of the, the wide-angle view. It's the zoomed-out view of God creating the world. God creating light, dry land, seas, animals, the big picture. Then here in Genesis 2, we, we zoom way in, and we get a nice, close look at the details of what God is creating. So we get the details of God creating humankind. So God has created all these things, and now it sounds like he needs a little bit of pizzazz on top. And so he does something even more spectacular than everything he has done thus far. And this is where we get to Genesis 2-7. Then the Lord God formed a man, a person, from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and the man became a living being now that phrase living being is underlined because that's what we understand as the soul the original word is this word nefesh i'd like you to say that with me because i think it's helpful to learn this word let's say it together nefesh yeah it means soul, living being, the whole person. So you have to notice that this man isn't just, doesn't just have a soul. It says the man became a living soul. This man is a soul. God creates the, the body, the form, he breathes the breath of life, and then the man becomes a soul. And so the soul, then, isn't just some mysterious inner part of you. Your soul really is the sum total of who you are. 
Your soul is you, and you are a soul, if you want to think about it that way. So that means, too, that what you feel, what you think, what you do with your body, all of these things affect your soul, affect who you are as a complete person. We hear words from the Psalms. Psalm 130 says, I wait for the Lord. My nephesh, my whole being, waits. And in his word, I put my hope. Even as our whole being waits for God, we put our hope with our whole being, our soul, in God. Everything we think, feel, and do. But so often we, we, we kind of like to take those things and separate them out. We love to do compartmentalization in our world. And sometimes that's a good thing. But when it comes to our soul, maybe not as much. But I, I couldn't help but think back actually to my first car. I, I had a, a Toyota Corolla as my first car, okay? And uh, before I got a car, I never really had a ton of interest in cars. thought they were cool. I def definitely uh, had, a, you know, had a knowledge of cars, but not really a, a great interest in them. Uh, but as I kind of grew up and uh, had this car, I noticed that, or found out that you can modify your car in a lot of different ways, okay? Uh, especially, you can make them faster by doing some engine modifications. So, uh, that was something that I did uh, a fair amount of with that car. Uh, that was all fine and dandy. I'd done things to pretty much every part of the car. But one day I was driving along and my engine blew up. You could say it was a pretty bad day. There was lots of other things that happened that day too. That uh, It's quite a story. But uh, needless to say, uh, up until this point, my parents weren't the most happy with my modifications. They especially weren't happy when my engine blew up. But that's another story. Now, you could say, well, you know what? That's unfortunate. Replace the engine, though it's expensive. But then your car will be all brand new. But it's true. But in the meantime, without an engine, it's not much good, right? You're not going to go very far if you don't have a working engine in your car. Likewise, on the flip side, if you had a nice engine sitting in your garage and you didn't have the entire body of the car, you're not going to go very far either. Well, that compartmentalization idea doesn't really work on a car. When my engine blew up, my car just didn't work. It didn't matter all the other nice parts about it that were working. But we try this logic in our own lives as well. We say things like, well, I can eat whatever I want and never exercise, and well, that's just going to affect my body and no other parts of me. Or I can act one way at work or treat my family a certain way, and then I can go to church and put on a nice show and, well, that just really affects my family and my work, but no other part of me. Or I can think terrible thoughts about other people, but I can just kind of section that off and think nice things about all the other things in life. Really, the, these thoughts are all kind of like we're telling ourselves, well, I can live however I want, but as long as I either come to church a little bit or have some faith in some way, but do other things that maybe aren't the best, that's, that's okay. Those things kind of can be separate things. But as we talk about the soul today being our whole being, that's definitely not how it works, is it? And that's why it's so important to understand what it means that we are a soul. 
and what it means to keep our souls as well because the soul is an important thing and each of these parts of our lives affect the soul affects who you are so really want to understand the soul in this way maybe this graphic will help the soul is what binds you together your body your mind your heart your feelings your emotions all those things are bound together are put together by that top level of you as a person your soul in fact we find out more about this as we kind of see what happens to this first man adam as god makes him into a soul and in fact that's what i'd like to spend the rest of our time doing is kind of understanding all those parts that affect then the soul so we can better understand our soul so first of all then your body affects your soul Genesis 2 verse 7 it says that this man this physical person God had created becomes a soul starts with a body and so God gives that body work to do that's why Adam immediately goes and does work with his body the Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and take care of it the soul Kind of pushes his body forward to do these things these tasks it's safe to say then god cares about the body then and therefore the body what we do with our bodies affects who we are then what you do with your body affects your soul maybe you've heard this idea that there, your body is a temple because our Lord Jesus lives in us well it makes sense because if we are a soul if our bodies are are a tempt are a temple then how you work how you act how you live all the things that you do are going to affect that temple all of you put together is meant to be devoted to God to work together for God's purposes in fact God himself is so devoted to the body that he takes it on as Jesus Christ comes as a body as a as flesh and blood as you and me himself he, he himself works with the body he's a carpenter remember Jesus uh, works with his hands with tools and then he goes on to heal and to speak and to do many other incredible things through his body so it's safe to say the soul is very much affected then who you are as a person is affected by the body your body matters in the grand scheme of things likewise then your mind as well affects your soul notice right after God gives Adam work to do he also gives Adam something to do with his mind something to think about God says you are free to eat from any tree in the garden but you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil for when you eat from it you will certainly die now we might wonder why would God do this is is this some kind of temptation or test or something else no God's not trying to to to, to tempt his 
new creation. He's, he's not trying to trip them up or trick them in some way. No, instead, God is guiding Adam and Eve in this way to thank him, to recognize all the other great gifts he has given to them. What we do with our minds, then, can hurt our souls because we know what happens when Adam and Eve don't listen to God's instructions. Maybe you've heard, uh, maybe you've heard this phrase, well, just do whatever makes you happy. Well, that's listening to a different part of you, not your mind. And when you just do what makes you happy, that gets us into sin as well, just like the first humans on this earth. And that can lead to eating too much because that's what gives you happiness. It can lead you into an affair because that somebody else makes you more happy than your spouse. It can lead you into poverty because spending is what gives you the greatest joy. Imagine if our Savior came to this earth with the goal of happiness as we define it. He would have given in to the temptation of the devil to bow down and worship him and have all the things of this earth. But that's not what Jesus was about. Jesus, in his perfect mind and thoughts, went to the cross because he knew that's what he needed to do. So what you think about in your mind affects your whole being, your soul, who you are. We could look at another psalm, Psalm 19, verse 7. The law of the Lord is perfect, refreshing the soul. That means the law of the Lord you ponder in your mind is what ultimately affects your soul. It refreshes who you are entirety, in entirety. And so the body and the mind affect the soul. And lastly, then, your heart as well affects your soul notice in all the other things that god has created the plants the animals the light all these great things there is no suitable helper found for adam up to this point so god gives him one somebody that adam could love with his heart Somebody to serve, somebody to give himself and sacrifice himself to. Yes, Adam needed a suitable helper. And through this, even in perfect creation, Adam gets humility. He gets that opportunity to, to give of himself for someone else. Because our hearts were created to be giving and loving. Just as God's heart was to save you and me. And he loved us so much that he would send his one and only son. How you love, how you give, how you feel and your disposition towards others affects who you are as a soul as well. And so then we need to go back to that initial question. Well, now that we understand what the soul is, it's you. How is your soul? Or maybe more simply, how are you? How's your body? Are you doing meaningful work? Are you caring for the flesh and blood God gave you? 
How's your mind? Do you think, cultivate your mind, read, reason, ponder the things of God? How's your heart? Are you humble and giving toward others? Do you love others with the love of Christ? How are you? How is your soul? It's actually a great line that I'd like to consider here as we close today from 1 Peter chapter 1. Though you have not seen him, Jesus, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. For you are receiving the end result of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Turns out Jesus came because he cares for your soul. He came to save your soul. Jesus came to save you. Your body, your mind, your heart, all of you. In fact, here's how he did it. John chapter 10, Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The good shepherd, more literally, lays down his soul. That's the word there. Jesus laid down his soul for us. Jesus gave all of him for all of you. So if you want to know how your soul is doing, how you are doing, look at everything. Your work, your relationships, your health, your thoughts, your feelings, everything. But then remember and trust that Jesus died for everything. He died for your soul, for all of you. And so then we love him with all of us with our very souls. Amen. Let's close in prayer. Heavenly Father, uh, you have made us as you intended us to be in, in your very image as, uh, as, a, a living, as living beings, as souls, as, a, as an entire complete package as you have designed us to be. And Lord, uh, though we often uh, go astray and we think that these parts of our lives uh, maybe are, are, are all separated, uh, we understand differently, Lord, today as we understand our souls as who we are. And so, Lord, help us to keep those things, but ultimately to place our trust and our hope uh, in, uh, in our Savior Jesus, your Son, who you gave to us because you love us from your very heart. And so we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.